Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, welcome to everyone today to our Father's Day service. Uh, We're so glad that you're here. And uh, we really uh, just want to celebrate uh, dads and all the things that they are. And we really want to take this time, Pastor Tony. You are a dad and a father of three kids, uh, Geordie, Mitch, and Beej. And uh, it's Beej's birthday on Tuesday. Is that right? It is. Oh, my goodness. Beej's birthday on Tuesday. But not only are you a natural, physical father, but you're also a spiritual father to many of us in this room, including myself. And uh, we just wanted to take this time to sit down. And I wanted to ask you some questions as to how we can all learn to lead people better, to raise kids better, to parent better, and to impart better uh, that which God has placed on us. And so the basis of today is kind of found from Proverbs 6 verse 22. And it says this, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he gets old, he will not depart from it. And Pastor Tony, the first question I have for you uh, this morning would simply be this. In order to train up a child in the way they should go. In order to train, you have to have a goal in mind that you're training towards. How important is it when you're parenting, when you're uh, imparting into someone to have a goal towards that you're working towards? Sorry. Fantastic. Uh, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Everyone online, trust you're doing well. Uh, before I answer any of these questions, and that is a great question, which I will get to, but I need to qualify everything I'm about to say uh, with this thought that I am far from a perfect dad far from a perfect husband and far from a perfect pastor. I, like every one of us in this room right now, are on a journey and the journey is that of life. And so uh, what I'm sharing to you is something that I'm on a journey with you with. Um, But also, I just want to honour my dad, Keith Rainbow, for the incredible uh, input that he's put into my life over many, many years. He was at the 9am service. He's not here today. But can we just show honour where honour is due and put our hands together for my dad. I feel like much of what I share up here on stage is a conglomeration of many things that he's taught me over my 51 years of living. Not only my dad, but also many other pastors and coaches and mentors. I really am a conglomeration of a lot of great wisdom. And so hopefully I can pass that on to you today. Uh, But to answer your first question about having a vision, I would say setting a goal or having a vision is imperative for any area of your life, most importantly when it comes to your family. And so when it comes to our children, yeah, we, we, we had a vision. I think back to those early days uh, prior to us having kids singing, what, what would we want for our kids? And, and one of the key verses found in Scripture that uh, has stuck with me and been kind of like a, a foundation for everything that we've believed for our kids is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, where it says that Jesus grew in favour with God and man, in stature and in wisdom. And I thought, man, what an incredible opportunity that we have as parents to impart into some young people's lives and see them grow emotionally, relationally, spiritually, just as Jesus did. And so that's been our goal, that they would grow. You know, not everyone who grows old grows up. 
And uh, we've always wanted our kids to grow up and to mature in these four areas. And so that's kind of like the overarching goal or vision that we've had for our kids. On a practical level, it's really quite simple. Uh, We just wanted our kids, when they were much older and they were off our hands and they were married, we actually just wanted to make sure that they were still our friends. We kind of looked many years into the future and thought, man, if they could still be our friends, and although they no longer have to be around us, they want to be around us, we thought, man, what a great goal that would be. Right now, when they're young and they're living under your roof, they have to be with you. But I thought, man, wouldn't it be fantastic that uh, they're older, they're married, they've got kids of their own, but they actually want to still be around mum and dad. And uh, even if they are overseas or not in the same city as us, that they'd be phoning regularly and uh, wanting to be part of our lives still. And so for us, that was kind of, that was the goal. That was the deal. I love that. That's a great goal, relationship. And we think that relationship is incredibly important here. But once you set that goal, once you have that vision, how do you make sure that everything you're putting in place is continually building towards that? How do we make sure that everything that we're doing is actually pointed in the same direction towards that goal? Yeah. I think once you've established a goal in life or a vision in life, um, ultimately, then you've got to have a strong why to everything that you do. And so for us, having a strong why or knowing why you are doing what you are doing or why you are not doing what you are not doing, why you're involved in what you're involved in and why you're not involved in what you're not involved in is really important. And so coupling a strong vision for us, we've always wanted a very strong why. And so we've tried our best to tie all of our do's and do nots back to our vision, and that is relationship. Relationships, the vision, and so all of our do's and don'ts come down to keeping our relationships healthy and strong. And so our kids never heard, do this because the Bible says. You know, do this because the Bible says may motivate for a short period of time, but it won't hold you long term. We wanted to make sure that our vision, our our why was stronger than just because the Bible says. And I know there are many family and friends of those who are about to see their friends, uh, children be dedicated today. And you may not be a Christian. And uh, I trust that my uh, advice for you today, or be it online, is actually helpful for right where you are at right now. And so I would say to you, have a strong why. And don't just make it about um, because my mum said, or because my dad said, or because the Bible said. You've got to have a stronger why than that. And for us, it was always about keeping the relationship strong. And so when we said, don't punch your brother, not because the Bible says so, but because actually that damages the relationship. You know, you wouldn't like it if they were punching you. And so don't punch them. And so we always made it about those relationship goals. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, Pastor Tony, one thing that I know that you uh, do a lot of and have spoken to me a lot about is your passion for practice, uh, to make sure that you are doing and outworking what it is that you say and actually speak about as well. And can you just speak into that area for us as parents, as people raising uh, up kids or people imparting into others? How important is it for us to demonstrate what we're trying to install in them? Yeah, I would say absolutely the number one uh, key value for me as a dad, is to be an example. It's not enough just to talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. And as you've said, Dan, uh, I really do have a passion for practice. Every time I stand here on stage and preach, it's not just about uh, imparting knowledge. We actually want to be able to give you information that can help you in your day-to-day. If it can't help you in your day-to-day, actually, it's not really of any value to us. And so for me, passion for practice is massive. Um, There was a survey done recently uh, with pastor's kids. Now, if you're not a 
pastor, and that would be most of you in this room, bear with me because it affects all of us. But this survey was done to pastors' kids that were no longer in church. And they were asked the question, why are you no longer in church? What was the common denominator if there was one? And interesting enough, the, the survey showed that it wasn't because mum and dad ignored them. That wasn't the issue. It wasn't about that. It wasn't because mum and dad worked too hard. That wasn't the issue. The number one reason why pastors' kids weren't in church is because of the double standard or the hypocrisy that they saw. In other words, it was when mum and dad were one thing on stage, but another thing in the home. And that was the number one reason why kids were no longer in church because of the hypocrisy. And uh, I, I believe uh, if we're going to be good, healthy, effective parents, it's not about being perfect. It's about making sure that our life matches our home life with everywhere else that we are. And so for me, uh, it's about trying to be an example in everything that we do. Uh, the Bible says, uh, particularly to fathers, do not exasperate your children. Don't exasperate them. And I believe one of the best ways or the greatest ways we exasperate our children is when we say one thing, but we do another. In other words, we have a standard for ourselves, but a different standard for our children. And so for me, hypocrisy is one of those things that uh, we've really got to watch when it comes to being an example. Yeah, I love that. I think uh, I grew up really uh, understanding and, and seeing my dad, I worked with on a daily basis where every morning I would get up and I would see that he, had, he was actually in his study praying. And it's funny, the thing is that he had, he had the door closed, but I could still hear him praying because he was just praying so loudly. And for me, that set an incredible example to me uh, from, in my life about how important prayer is and how I need to prioritize it on a daily basis, seeing my dad yeah. do that first. And I, I would say too, people often ask me, you know, uh, should, should, uh, did you make your kids do devotionals? You know, did, did you make them meditate and, and do some of those Christian uh, disciplines? And the honest answer is no, we never made them do that. But what we did do, we, we modeled it. You know, and I think back to my early childhood when I would just watch my dad and he would be up first thing in the morning and just be reading his Bible. And as a result of watching his example, I actually started reading my Bible right. and it's something I've been doing every day ever since then. And so we've tried to model it for our kids. We've tried to encourage it. We spoke to them about the value of having a devotional. And then we've tried to make it as easy as possible by giving them Bibles uh, uh, that are age appropriate to where they're at any given time. And so I, I would say, you know, being an example is really important. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, the next question I have for you uh, is, is, I think, one that probably a lot of people face um, and, and I think everyone in this room has probably faced it at some stage in their life. And if they haven't, I'm sure that they will in the future. And that is conflict within relationship. Uh, and I'm sure all the parents in the room know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but when you're trying to raise someone up, when you're trying to raise your kids and parent your kids, there are moments where there's conflict. How do we make sure that we're dealing with conflict correctly and making sure that we're constantly pushing them towards growth and not further away from each other? Yeah. I think there's one thing that can unite all of us is that when you're in a relationship of any sort, be it whether you're married, whether you have children, whether you have friends or siblings, uh, we all know that conflict is a part of our reality. Would that be fair to say? Maybe you online listening in and watching in. Uh, it's something that we all have to face. Uh, it's not going away, but it must be dealt with. So for me, dealing with uh, conflict uh, is really, really important. And so for us, uh, as we've raised children, we realize the goal is actually to resolve the problem. And uh, for us, as a result of that, uh, we found like time out a waste of time. 
Time out for us was a waste of time because it doesn't ultimately work because it just brings further separation. For us, it's not about separation. It's about reconciliation. And for there to be reconciliation, there needs to be communication. There needs to be an ongoing conversation. And so for us, it's always been about keeping the relationships healthy and bringing about reconciliation where there has been damage to that relationship. And uh, our kids know this to be true, that uh, if uh, there's been an argument amongst brothers and sisters, and that happens, it happens even in Christian homes, and it happens even in pastors' homes. Uh, So breathe easy. If you are experiencing conflict today, it doesn't make you a bad person. It simply makes you a person. And so we've had to um, deal with that. And uh, we were big on talking it through, We were big on giving each other a hug. We were big on looking each other in the eye. We were big on saying sorry and asking for forgiveness and letting each other know that they are loved in spite of what has taken place. And that's how we worked uh, amongst the brothers and sisters. But uh, when it came to um, times that they'd uh, dishonoured mum, my my thinking behind that was to make sure that they not only apologised, but that they would take her out and that they would spend time with mum and that they would pay for a meal or they'd pay for a drink or they'd pay for a donut, pay for a treat and actually rebuild the relationship. It's not just enough to say sorry. You know, kids say, I'm sorry, but they don't mean it. We actually want to rebuild the relationship. And so for us, that was a massive thing uh, when it comes to dealing with conflict. I would say as parents, you can't be a parent without making mistakes. I would say own your mistakes uh, if you mess up fess up and uh, I've made many mistakes as a parent I've made many mistakes as a pastor I've made many mistakes as a husband Um, but what I would say is when you've made a mistake just um, humble yourself acknowledge the error that you've made ask for forgiveness and uh, build that friendship keep the friendships and relationships strong and move on and learn from those moments I love that I, I, I clearly remember uh, my dad teaching us literally the same principle when we were younger. When me and my siblings would have an argument or a fight or whatever it might be, and it was obviously clearly always their fault, never my own. But um, whenever that were to occur, my, I, I just remember my dad would pull us together and uh, he would get whoever was in the wrong, always my siblings, obviously, to apologize um, and then ask for forgiveness. And the other person had to say, I forgive you. And then we had to hug and we had to just get on with our day and we were, si- we were best friends again, we were siblings and we weren't allowed to have a sour attitude anymore because it was dealt with and it was forgiven and it was apologized for and it was the end of the story then. So um, I just remember my dad outworking that. So it's very cool and it works. So praise the Lord. <laughs> That's great. Hey, um, uh, the next question I would love to uh, run past you is that we read in the Bible that Jesus is known as the shepherd, right? We see that he leads us. He, he's our leader. And, and that's very true. But a shepherd also corrects and protects. So when it comes to parenting, when it comes to raising people and, and doing what we do, how do we make sure that we're correcting and, and protecting in the right ways? And what are some ways that we can actually do that as well? Yeah. This obviously brings us to a, a massive topic about boundaries, which I'm happy to speak into just a little bit. But as I was listening to you asking yet another question, it got me thinking, Dan, um, do you have something to tell us? You and Ashari, you, ha- you, you, you don't have children, but you're asking me all these questions about parenting. So I want to know, is there something you want to tell us all? <laughs> I noticed Shari's not in the room. Um, is, is she at home sick maybe? No, no, no she's in no. kids' ministry at oh, the moment. Oh, she's in kids' she's ministry. Hooking up to all the kids. We're not so, so you don't have any news? No news. We're just in practice stage at the moment. So, in, uh, 
We're doing <laughs> in practice stage. Well, practice makes perfect. So there we go. It's great. There we go. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Good for you. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Getting back to your question <laughs> of me about boundaries. Like I said, it's a massive topic in and of itself. And, and yeah, I believe in having healthy boundaries. But can I just say that uh, parents don't sweat the small stuff. You know, for us, the things that were really big, the things that I went after, the things that I was re relentless and ruthless with were probably three things. And they were simply this. When it comes to being dishonest, disobedient, or disrespectful. They were the things I had zero grace for. They were the things I would address immediately and I would not put off. But there are other things that I would just let go and uh, not worry about. And, and I think uh, if we're honest with ourselves, some of the things we give ourselves to worrying about actually in the bigger scheme of things uh, really don't matter. And so to all the mums and dads out there, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, we've got three kids and they've made some great decisions in life and, and, and they've made some decisions that aren't necessarily wrong, but just, just maybe not ones I would choose. And uh, I'm so grateful for the way that I was brought up that dad uh, let me and, and gave me room just to be me and express myself. And, and uh, I think back to his early days when, when uh, he was, uh, we were in a Christian home and, and my dad was a Christian, my mum wasn't a Christian, she wasn't going to church and... and uh, at the uh, age of about 11 or 12, I was right into the rock band Kiss. And uh, Kiss was anything but a Christian music group. And uh, I had all, my, all the Kiss posters all over my room and there was Gene Simmons spitting out blood. And honestly, that's not, that's not a Christian parent's finest moment for their children. And I'm so grateful for my dad that he never sweated it out. He never told me to tear those posters down and he never gave me a lecture uh, about that stuff. He just realized, actually, you know what? In the bigger scheme of things, some of the other battles that I'm facing, actually, I need energy for that. And so I'm just going to let that go. And to be honest, it's only a fad and it probably uh, won't last that long. And the reality is within 12 months, all those posters were gone because I'd moved on from Kiss, although I still have a soft spot for that particular band. But, um, you know, I'm grateful that Dad never sweated that stuff. I had so many different hairstyles. And uh, again, I know there were some my dad liked and I'm sure there were some my dad didn't like, but he never got onto me about hairstyle because you can always grow it back and it can always change. And so, you know, when it comes to boundaries, I'd say make sure it is worth the battle. And if it's not, don't worry about it. Um, our middle son, or our only son, but our middle child uh, is in New Zealand and he's probably online watching this, but uh, just recently we found out he had another tattoo and uh, it's on his leg. And I've got to be honest with you, people say, are you for tattoos or against tattoos? And some of you who are my age and older uh, kind of grew up in an age where, you know, tattoos were kind of, you know, not kosher when it comes to being a Christian. I've never really had that notion. My thinking is if you're going to get a tattoo, make it at least a good one. And so I said, Mitchie, show me your tattoo. And he shows me the tattoo and it's of a car with flames on it. There's like flames coming out of the roof. I, mean, I, I don't get it. Uh, it's probably not the best tattoo I've ever seen. But uh, I just looked at that tattoo and said, oh, it's great, Mitch. Love it. And uh, if he's watching, you can write something in the chats uh, there uh, now. But uh, yeah, again, because it doesn't matter. In, 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 the, in the bigger scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But when it came to things like dishonesty, man. When it came to disobedience, when it came to disrespect, 
I'm going to jump on that. Why? Because that damages relationships. A good or bad tattoo doesn't damage a relationship. A good or bad hairstyle doesn't damage a relationship. Let it go. But let's hold on to the bigger rocks and the bigger things and the things that are more important and keep our health, our relationships healthy and strong. I love that. That is so awesome. I, love you, Mitch. Love you. <laughs> I just was reflecting for a moment because I just think I remember I hear you, hear you saying those exact same words to me and now I'm just second guessing what you were saying them about <laughs> and if you actually meant it. I'm if I come up to you and say, I love your hairstyle, I love it. Or do I? You're <laughs> <laughs> second guessing always now. Oh, it's good. Hey, um, one thing I love about you and Kath is that uh, you guys prioritize each other so much. And the thing that me and Ashari have loved to be able to watch and learn from is that you guys uh, seem to be more in love each and every single day. And you've been leading a church for 25 years. You've had three kids, two of which one of them is married, the other's moved out of home, and B just turning uh, 14 on Tuesday. Tell me how, in the midst of all that and the busyness that is obviously present in the midst of raising kids, have you guys made sure that you prioritized each other? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say when it comes to prioritizing uh, one another, you've got to do just that, prioritize one another. And uh, I think that's one of the mistakes a lot of parents make is that because of the busyness and the nature of parenting, it becomes all-consuming. And uh, one thing Kath and I made a decision on many years ago before we had kids is that we were going to prioritize the number one relationship in the family because that's a relationship that's going to last uh, for the rest of our lives. Children come and then they move out and get married as we've already experienced. But the woman I'm going to live with the rest of my life is on the front row there. And so we prioritize that relationship. Um, and I think the thing we, we, we uh, the language we use is unhelpful because we say, when we start a family, when are we going to start a family? Maybe you've said that. But the reality is the moment you get married, you're starting a family. Yeah, that's good. We were a family before children came along. You don't start a family now. You don't have a child now. You're a family. You're a family before that. And so I want to honor my first love. And uh, that has looked differently over the seasons. And when you've got three kids and they're all very young, it's a lot harder to do. But we have prioritized date nights. And when I say date nights, they can uh, look like just getting in a car, going for a quick drive, uh, just to get some sanity and time alone. It doesn't have to be a massive uh, deal. But you've just got to grab moments sometimes in those crazy seasons but it is something that we've always prioritized those those date nights we were really big on getting our kids to bed early you know kids that stay up all night uh, our kids when they were younger they say oh, I'm not tired and I said well we're tired of you go to bed because the reality is I needed time with my wife. And uh, even if we didn't have the opportunity to go out on a date night, we created moments. We created those date moments in our home with our kids in bed. And even now, our 14-year-old or almost 14-year-old, she's in bed by 8.30. So, you know, again, I'm not here to advocate what time your children should go to bed. But you know what? That gives me a couple of hours by myself with my wife every night. And uh, to me, that's important. And we do it because that's the number one relationship. Love that. That's so good. Come on. Yeah, we can clap that. Let's clap that. P.S. We do love our kids. We do. <laughs> we love them. And hopefully by setting this in place, it sets them up for a win. So Jordan, our oldest, is married. And I said, sweetie, make sure you keep the relationship with Daniel, your number one relationship. When kids come along, numbers one, two, three, right up to ten. I think she's going to have ten kids. I heard it was eleven. Eleven kids. Oh. Um, you know what? You know, make the most of that and all the rest of it. But make the most of your number one relationship. 
And the best part is I've actually seen you outwork this. We've had the privilege to be over for dinner a couple of times, and I've seen that take place, and I've seen you lead that, and it's just really inspiring for me. And when we have a family one day, which is not now, but one day, <laughs> we're, we're really looking forward to installing some of that. But uh, I also have another question. is that At the moment, we're in spring. We've just transitioned from winter to spring. We've just changed seasons. Spring is baby-making season. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> but we've just transitioned seasons, and uh, this is what I do know. At the beginning of a season, it's always very exciting, uh, but often by the end of a season, you're kind of missing some of the old parts of the, the previous seasons. So when it comes to seasons and raising kids and, and what that looks like, how can we make sure we're maximizing the time right here, right now? Yeah. Hey, one thing I know is that most people don't make the most of the season they're in. You talk to a young person, they can't wait till they're older. Can't wait till I'm grown up. You talk to older people, I wish I was younger. Am I right? Yeah. And, I, and I would simply say this, make the most of the season that you're in. So all jokes aside, Dan, you and Ashari are happily married. Enjoy this season. Don't let anyone pressure you, me or anyone else, into having a child. Just enjoy the season you're in. And I know that uh, raising children is not easy and it's very time consuming and then it can feel like it's going on forever. I think about the Rishiks who had a child in 2016, 2017, and 2018. That's three kids in three years. They are busy. They are busy. And uh, it can feel like it's never going to end. But I would say to them, as I would say to every one of you, whatever season you're in, enjoy it because it goes fast. And I know I sound like an old man when, an old man when I say this, uh, but it really does. It goes quick. All of a sudden, two kids are off our hands right now. We have our third one who's growing up fast. And uh, pretty soon, I'm sure she'll be off our hands. And uh, I know that you're going to look back at some of those seasons you hate right now, and you're going to miss them. So whatever season you're in, whether it's the, the nappy season, whether it's a two-year-old toddler stage where they're walking around, whether it's a drawing on wall stage, where it's I don't want to go to kindergarten stage, where it's I hate school, where whatever stage or phase that you are in, um, I would say make the most of it, enjoy it, because it doesn't last forever. And you are going to look back and miss some of the seasons you hate right now. So come on, church, whatever season you're in, make the most of it and don't wish your time away. I love that. That is so powerful. Hey, can I ask you one last question really quick? Um, we mentioned earlier about prayer. Um, and I just mentioned about how I saw my dad praying. Can you speak into really quick how important is it for us to be praying for those we're imparting into and also for them to see us praying as well? Yeah. I, I think for all the Christian men out there, don't underestimate the power of praying, not for your children, but with your children. It's one thing to pray for them, but it's another thing to pray with them. When your children who look up to you when your children see you as the hero of the home, and most kids do look at their dad that way. I know not all, but most do. When they see their champion, when they see their hero, surrender and humble themselves to Father God. It's a really powerful sign to them that you, although you're the authority of the home, are under authority yourself. I cannot underestimate that. So yes, I pray for my kids. But we've made a, a regular nightly ritual to pray with our kids. Obviously, two of them have moved out of home. But for our third one, we still every night pray with her. And she hears me pray. She hears me surrender my strength and my authority to Father God. And I think that sets a healthy foundation for everything in life. 
That's so good. Hey, I know that we could spend a lot of time here asking questions, and we, I'm sure that we've got a lot more things that we could discuss. But right now is that we're about to have baby dedications. And so as much as we could do this, we're going to call it there for time's sake because we want to honor that moment. But church, come on, can we thank Pastor Tony? I've gotten a lot out of this. And I know that you guys have too. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 